Hello, hello, welcome and welcome back to Blazers for Goalposts. Today's episode brings with it a first for the podcast, being that two of us on the call have actually lived together at one point. Now, as ever, I am joined once again by my co-host Joe, and we've sadly not lived together, but we bicker enough <laughs> as it is, so that might have been for the best. What do you think about that, Joe? Hello, Kai. Yeah, no, that is um, that's a fair point, and maybe um, maybe for the sake of our friendship, but more importantly for the sake of um, this podcast, it's best we um, we don't take that next step in our friendship. But of course, you know, you can never say never with these things. Who knows? Maybe one day we will finally um, unite and and live together. But no, yeah, very good, and looking forward <laughs> to um, this episode. Yeah, never. Never say never, unless the question is, do you want to join Spurs? I would have to agree with that. But um, on that note, of course, Joe is a Spurs fan and he lives in London, which is great because obviously the best team in the world plays in London. How convenient. And that's Arsenal. So someone who will agree with that sentiment is my fellow Gooner, fellow West Coaster and old college roommate, Jeff Belago. Jeff is a comedian and an actor and the guy just does not stop churning out great content. So we're thrilled to have him with us today, Jeff. Good to see you, man. Welcome to the podcast. It's been, what, like seven-ish years or so since maybe we properly chatted. How are you doing? Yeah, no, my God. Kai, thank you for having me. It's been um, definitely like a face-to-face -face sort of encounter like this. It's definitely been a while, but we've kind of always, I feel like when it comes to Arsenal and the EPL, we're always kind of keeping in touch and stuff. And I guess that'll be kind of a nice little segue in. Um, like me as an American with soccer, like I had to definitely learn my way, you know, like it being broadcast here, especially when I was young, it was like almost like a, you know, Easter egg hunt. Like you had to like search it out or something if you really wanted it. And um, I remember my friend, uh, when I first joined high school, I slept over at like my friend in drama class and his older brother was a massive Liverpool fan. So I, I remember the first morning being there, I hear like, a pot being banged at like 4.30 and I'm just like, we're dead, it's the apocalypse. It's like, you know, anybody's just like, no, it's match time, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, and I didn't realize like their whole, like they had a little basement area. Like it was, he put up the Liverpool flag, put up, I was like, oh, like this is, this is the thing. This is like, so as an American seeing, well, he was also American obviously, but like seeing what it actually, is and like football and the culture I was like oh I instantly fell in love um and I remember um when we first kind of got together and we're learning uh roommates and stuff I saw your number for contact and like I had never seen a European number or anything before so I was like yeah what are you playing tricks on the freshman what, what's going on here whatever and I was like I honestly thought like you didn't exist and then yeah and then we ended up connecting and you being literally a lifelong arsenal i think that was the first thing we connected over like you were like yeah no i literally have like had season tickets and whatever so like i think that kind of speaks to the beauty of football and soccer i know i'm extrapolating a lot but like me as some west coast california kid who discovered it you know in my teenage years and then all of a sudden i'm with someone who it's like in their blood it's like I don't know, it was very validating. It was very cool. I feel like we were almost sort of like meant to connect that way. And uh, I know I kind of went away a little bit with it. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just great to see you and great to talk. 
you painted a beautiful picture and you described it well. That's how I remember it pretty much. And uh, thrilled to have you here and almost as thrilled as I am that my neighbor decided to start vacuuming the instant that I began recording. But it sounds like he stopped right now, so. <laughs> that's, no, that's good. I texted him to do that, oh. right? So, yeah. It was a prank. I'm in exactly. Classic Jeff. But I, had, I had to get it started early, man. You know, you know how it is. <laughs> Jeff, it's a, it's a pleasure to meet you. And I think what better way to meet in these crazy times than on our favorite video chat application, Zoom. It's probably the most appropriate COVID place to meet. But um, as Kaitel and I um, know each other from school in England, and you two obviously met in the States, um, well, you might not know this, but we talk a lot about food on the podcast. So I'm mm -hmm. curious to hear about some of your favorite meals, potentially from these college days, maybe even from your school days, but I'll just give you mine first. So back when I was at school with Kaitel, I was a big fan of, well, they did a few okay meals, but my favorite one was essentially their version of like a full English breakfast. So that was my favorite one back at school. And when I was at university in England, I'd often be found in our kind of student bar with a pint and some of the cheesy chips they did, which were just brilliant. But Jeff, what were your favorite meals at school and college? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, uh, living in the dorm is definitely different than, because um, I lived in the apart in apartments apart from school like two years later. So like there would be nights where like, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm the best chef in the world. And it's like, Jeff, you cooked a hamburger, like relax. Um, but uh, when it was like the dorm stuff and it was like provided and you can have whatever, um, oh, that's a great question. Especially with our food places, it was like all you can eat when you would check in. So it was just like, if you were hungover or if you literally had nothing to do, it was just like, hey, remember how there's like everything in the world to eat? Eat it, you know? So it's... Um, they had a, a, this like Mexican place that stayed open late that was like right below kind of our dorm. Um, Kai, do you remember the name? I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, Rendezvous. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I would go in there all the time drunk and just be like, give me your best chicken quesadilla. And they're like, they're all chicken quesadillas. I'm like, no, 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 the best. Uh, so just like something. Uh, <laughs> just like cheese and just like something like that was always great go-to that I'd love. Um, I love this like Mexican food too, like growing up in California. Um, that's a pretty big staple as well. So um, yeah, that I'd say I'd love like a good, simple, like good quesadilla. That was great in the college days. Um, they had this, uh, this like cafe and that was kind of like a, like, Italian bistro panini sort like their attempt at fancy but like they actually had pretty good sandwiches that was pretty good to have but um and then if you like wandered off campus they had uh this place called Fat Sal's and Tommy Tacos Kai I'm sure you know very well about that and it was just like their business model was like all right we're gonna get drunk students from like 10 to 2 like let's provide food for those people only so they would have just like loaded fries and just like uh, Tommy Tacos was like another Mexican place. I'd get their breakfast burritos that were like the size of like human children. Like you should not consume them. And it's just like, yeah, UCLA was good for food. There was, there was a lot of options, definitely. Um, a good breakfast burrito, I think from Tommy Tacos would be, if I could go back, I definitely would want one of those. <laughs> 
That, no, that sounds great. Um, lots of good choices. And funnily enough, actually, I came to LA for the first time last year and I actually went to Fat Sales with Kaitel, I believe, and a few other people we know. So it's, oh, funny, wow. yeah, it's funny you bring up Fat Sales. But um, Kai, I imagine you must have a few favourite dishes too, both from UCLA, but also back when we were at school in London. Yeah, um, both of you, what you were, your answers brought back a lot of memories. <clears throat> yeah, I'd say um, from my younger days at school in England, back when I ate meat still, maybe chicken teddies or turkey jetters. Um, Joe will know those quite well. With the chicken teddies in particular, I used to strategically mutilate them. So first it was off with the head. You got to decapitate the teddy first. And then, you know, the arms and legs next perform a little bit of surgery. And what you're left with is this chicken nugget slash chicken teddy torso which is a slightly grimmer way of, of uh, looking at it. But otherwise, at college, like Jeff said, the food was amazing. The freshman 15 uh, was definitely a real thing. And I think for me, I was all about those dining halls Jeff was talking about, all you can eat. So uh, one of them in particular did bomb grilled cheeses. And I, gosh, at one point, I think I was like 50% bread and cheese and 50% man. But, uh, otherwise, that cafe that Jeff mentioned, the Italian spot, did this Monte Bianco which is a warm brownie ice cream sundae. It's such a like pretentious thing to say, but you know, you would legitimately have people like when we were freshmen go like knock on people's doors and be like, Hey, you want to go get some Monte Biancos? <laughs> which just sounds, <laughs> sounds so silly, but genuinely these were yeah. highlights, highlights of college for me, <laughs> which tells you a little bit about the academic side of things and how much I cared, but otherwise. <laughs> Kai, right. when did you go vegetarian? I completely forgot about that. that I was, totally uh, I was pescatarian, pescatarian going into, into college. So I, I didn't touch meat at college, I guess. Um, yeah, I feel like there's a dirty joke in there, but. No, yeah, when, when you said that, that rang my bell. I completely, I was like, oh shit, that's right. Oh, you remember all those Wait, times I, was... I got super pissed off at you for like eating a raw steak over my bed? <laughs> <laughs> you, mean, you mean every Tuesday? Um, yes, yes, steak over Kai's face Tuesday. That was my favorite tradition. Yeah. I know other people were a little opposed, but... Steak going up on a Tuesday, remember? <laughs> <laughs> we like to chat a fair bit of nonsense on this podcast, which I would say puts us in decent company with many high-profile footballers, managers, and others associated with the game. Essentially... <laughs> well intended or not, the sheer amount of coverage and uh, literal amount of cameras at games, press conferences, training grounds, you name it. Well, you know, sometimes it exposes the lighter, dumber, funnier side of the game, call it what you will. So we're going to talk about some of the weirder and wackier things that we've seen from the world of football. And I want to lead with uh, Luis Suarez, just the human being and the player. He's just moved to Atletico Madrid. So you basically, if you, if you live in the Madrid area, cover your flesh because he's, he's a biter. And that's, that's pretty much what I'm talking about. Is Suarez has bitten three different footballers on the football pitch. Uh, when he played for Ajax, he bit player. He did it again in the Premier League for Liverpool. He bit Branislav Ivanovic. And then at the World Cup, he bit Giorgio Chiellini. And I remember after the Chiellini bite, I guess, you know, just because that was the most recent one, you know, Twitter has evolved and it's more, more active more recently than it was longer ago. And Twitter really blew up over the, the bite on Chiellini. I remember one person saying that, like, this is crazy. If Suarez was a dog, he literally would have been put down by now, <laughs> which I thought was, <laughs> was hilarious. Um, and then I saw uh, another comment about him uh, 
obviously he didn't bite Philip Philip Lom, but I think they they played Germany and uh, there was a joke about him like tucking into a shoulder of Lom, uh, like shoulder of lamb. <laughs> Pretty bad pun, but um, Joe, what what do you remember about Suarez and his antics and um, otherwise? Uh, what are some funny football moments for you? Yeah, I mean on Suarez first, obviously, like everyone, I was just a bit disturbed by how regular this biting thing was. It wasn't like a moment of madness. This, yeah, happened three times in the space of maybe a year or two at most. It wasn't uh, very... I think it was slightly extended, but I don't... Nobody had even bitten one player in that time. Yeah, anyway, the point, <laughs> yeah, the point is he was, yeah, he was basically a, a vampire or something. <laughs> maybe he was a big fan of Twilight or something like that. I don't know. Um, but, um, yeah, in terms of other kind of funny football moments. This is quite a sort of English-British reference, but Jeff, firstly, have you heard of the programme Gillette Soccer Saturday? Does that mean anything to you? The name rings a bell, but like if you gave me a quiz on it right now, I would be, <laughs> I would hand it right back to you no, and be like... <laughs> no, about it. no quizzes, no quizzes, but Gillette Soccer Saturday is this programme that happens every Saturday in um, England for the, the 3 p.m. kickoffs. And essentially, it's, it's, the host is a guy called Jeff Stelling. He's been doing it for years now. And then he has a load of pundits who basically you watch the pundits watch the game. It's a bit weird. You're not actually watching the football. You're watching other people watch the football. But right, what's right. funny is, is all the kind of pundits on are these kind of slightly washed up ex-footballers who aren't doing much, like slightly quirky individuals. And... Um, there's a guy in particular who's always very funny. You might know called Chris Kamara, um, Cammy, as he's known. He's, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So um, he, he had an amazing moment, probably like ten years ago now, where um, Jeff Stelling found out in the studio that a player had got sent off in the Portsmouth game he was covering, and then when he cut to Chris Kamara, who was at the game watching it, Chris Kamara um, didn't know there'd been a red card, <laughs> and there was this weird surreal moment where he was like. Has there been a red card, Jeff? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that, and that's just like the tip of the iceberg when it comes to weird um, Gillette Soccer Saturday moments. Um, Kai, what are your, um, your, I suppose, memories of Gillette Soccer Saturday, given you're over in LA these days? Well, I'm going to admit something here, which is that I don't always stream things the way that I should stream them. But, I, you know, anyway, whatever, whatever. <laughs> but what I'm leading on to is that oh, sure. I've been tempted to try to stream Gillette Soccer Saturday from the United States, it, even though, as you described, it's not even a football game. It's just watching other people watching it. I could be streaming those games if I probably wanted to more easily, actually, because I can't find Gillette Soccer Saturday. <laughs> but I, it's great. So I love it. That's first and foremost. On that Chris Kamara incident particularly, I remember there being some controversy surrounding it because it coincided time-wise, if you remember, with I think he was releasing a book. Oh, and, book. So, yeah. and so people were saying, maybe it's all just a ruse and he knows that this is his personality that he has and he's just playing up to it because it's publicity around the time that he's releasing this book. But one way or another, he looked a right idiot when he, when he did all of that. Um, <laughs> otherwise, Paul Merson, I guess. You know, just Paul Merson with his inability to pronounce footballers' names. Even names that, like, not the names that most people would potentially struggle if they hadn't seen it, like, really. So basically, to be blunt, like, if there's, like, a foreign-sounding name, he, will, he won't say it properly. <laughs> he won't <just laughs> be able to pronounce it. And it's sort of become even a joke on this podcast now. If we can't pronounce the name, we'll sort of say we're having a Paul Merson moment. And it's true. He struggles. 
he struggles with the, the pronunciation. Other than that, I think, I don't know if I can remember too many particular ones. I remember Chris Kamara, I think, just being lost for words at one point and describing defenders as fighting like beavers. Um, that was an <laughs> Arsenal game, actually. Yeah, that, that was, was an a, Arsenal game. Okay. describing Spurs um, players defending against Arsenal a long time ago, yeah. Yeah, notoriously defensive beavers, of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, um, I, I guess something that uh, is a good link to, we're talking about this show that only happens in England. This is a nicer link to sort of America and uh, some funny stuff that has happened with regards to soccer and football over here. So uh, back at USA 94, uh, the tournament was opened by Diana Ross taking a, a penalty kick. I think she was wearing like high heels. So I don't really know what they expected, but she misses. <laughs> Obviously they have the goal rigged up so that it like splits from the crossbar. I don't know if there was like also some smoke and stuff. It's supposed to look like she's scored this goal and um, it explodes, but she misses, but it still goes off and explodes. So it just looked ridiculous. It's like when people mess up the first pitch at a baseball game over here. Um, but otherwise I've heard rumors that Donald Trump will be taking the opening free kick at the 2030 World Cup shared between USA, Canada and Mexico. But I've also heard that he's planning to build a massive wall in between himself and the goal. So. <laughs> um, but on on that note, Jeff, do you do you have any funny football memories uh, from the state side or just anywhere else? Um, I think in general, what I love and also part of it and why I love the game is just the commentators and the pundits themselves, and a lot of them are like ex players as well too. But I feel like there's so much more of like a cheekier, willing to banter, willing to be like yeah, they played like shit today, you know, sort of like very, as opposed to like on ESPN or something here where they're just like, every word is measured. Everything is just like, even if they do have a joke, it's like almost like pre-planned. And then after they're like, we're good. It worked. We're like, we can move, you know? So it's, so that's why I love like, you know, like you're saying the Kamara it like all that is very like, they're willing to, you know, stick it to one another. So, so just that generalness uh, I love in general. Um, I keep saying general, but um, one thing that pops to head, uh, I think the beach ball goal for Liverpool, I think for me, that's one of the funniest, obviously probably less funny for Liverpool fans, but um, just, just the sheer, just like in the moment, just like no one could have seen this guy. It's just so out there and just so just like, I've seen the video so many times I'm trying to remember, but like, I think the ref almost just like shrugs his shoulders. Just like, I don't know what you, you know, like, it's just, this is bizarre, you know? And so, um, so yeah, like that, like um, there's a few clips of just like when fans will go on and like, uh, like when a keeper is going to set up for the goal kick and, you know, does his few steps back and then you just see like two hooligans run in and then score and then celebrate and shit like, like just stuff like that, you know, like, uh, there's probably a hundred examples of that, but um, the beach ball one sticks out to me as probably the biggest funniest. Cause it's just, especially the way the ball like trap, like it's just perfect comedy almost. Like you literally couldn't write. Yeah. The Liverpool goalie Rayner literally tries to save the beach ball <laughs> instead of the Yeah. The <laughs> yeah he ridiculous. has this look on his face. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and Rayner has a good face for that too um, as well. He just, I guess, I don't know, it's, I don't know the fact that he was entirely bold just meant that he had more face to be surprised with, <laughs> but that's what it looked like at he that worked. moment. 
it definitely worked well. And the other kind of irony with all of this was it was in fact a Liverpool branded beach ball because it was from the Liverpool way. And so literally oh, really? a Liverpool fan out there who maybe we should get on the podcast who, whose claim to fame is that he um, basically cost Liverpool three points in a match. It's funny you say that because actually now I'm remembering that and, and this is really, the, I guess, the beautiful side of football is the, is the fact that I think the lighter side of the game is so intertwined with it at all levels at least maybe in european culture that mm-hmm. after that beach ball incident for weeks and weeks at least ver- definitely the next week every premier league ground in the country fans were bringing in beach balls and inflating them and fucking around with them and like jo- <laughs> joking about throwing them on the pitch i'm sure people tried to to the point that i'm pretty sure there was a ban on beach balls in stadiums as a direct result of this, like in the immediate aftermath. But that also reminds me, if we're talking about just crazy objects on a pitch, this insane clip, and it's actually sadder than it is funny, but it's pretty funny. Uh, Joe, you might've seen this. The goal, I don't know if it's a goalkeeper or a player who, uh, there's a dog. This is back in the 70s, 60s. I don't even know. There's a dog running around on the pitch in this like full stadium. And the crowd are just like cheering and stuff. And I think a player goes to get him or the dog just runs in. But this is crazy. It doesn't even sound like a true story. Essentially, this dog ran into a player and gave him a career-ending injury. Don't. <laughs> during, during like a live football game. full, And I think it might have been in the Premier League. It was definitely in English football at a decent level to the point that it was televised. Oh my God. Um, but that's crazy. <laughs> the weird, definitely weird stuff happens. Um, that is, yeah, an extreme example. But there's, yeah, there's, there's so many examples, isn't there, of animals popping up in football matches and stuff i'd say just on that note i can't help myself if we're talking about animals but we've all seen the you know it's been turned into probably a gif or whatever uh, the bird shitting in ashley young's mouth yeah oh yeah that was a that was a surreal moment and that's like a double whammy because it's perfect that it's ashley young no offense ashley but i you know <laughs> that was like an appropriate play. <laughs> yeah has anyone seen any funnier sides of uh covid football in terms of uh i mean for me the fact that there's no sound in the stadium and you can just hear the players swearing at each other quite often is kind of funny yeah i love that i love that i also love how you'll hear the um well i guess just hearing their voices i actually think it's kind of cool too but just like uh like when watching uh arsenal like i've heard leno a lot obviously because he's like controlling the back and I've been like, that is not what I expected him to sound like. So it's been kind of like that with a bunch of players or like a, similar to Mikel, you know, I'm just like, oh, like, you know, I've seen interviews, but like he sounds different on the pitch. So yeah, that's a cool thing. Like being able to hear, like you said. Um, I guess um, they've superimposed images of fans onto like seats so that it looks like there's people sitting in the, in the crowd. I remember, was it, is it Leeds oh, yeah. or which, which team in England? There was a, it definitely went viral because <laughs> it was kind of just like the, the club were like upload your image to the website and we'll put it in a seat and someone up- uploaded osama bin laden and it yeah, like it was leeds. onto yeah. a seat is it leeds you said joe yeah, yeah i think it was leeds but it's just like who <laughs> it's like literally did the person just hit print on all of these things and not take a look at the images or like or did he look at it and he was like oh that's fine it's just a dude in a turban yeah I, you, you have to question whoever made that call to put it up i think yeah <laughs> Yeah, those are the best. The like the the people that you can tell are in charge of like social or stuff like that that are like maybe like forties or fifties that like have no true concept of like what millions of kids can do in like ten minutes and just like, yeah, this should be good. Let me just leave this open ended without stipulations. I'm sure everything will work out fine. And then it's just 
terrorists. <laughs> you know, just like, yeah, that's what happens when you give free reign on the internet. As Kaitel mentioned earlier, we do have two former roommates on the podcast today. Um, so it might have been a few years since Kai and Jeff lived together. However, today we are going to find out a bit more about those wild college days. So essentially, I have got a load of questions that I'm going to ask Kai and Jeff, and I guess they will both answer the question. We'll see how similar the answers are. And we'll, I think we'll sort of swap who answers first but we'll go with Kaitel can answer first for this first question so my first question Kai is who was the most messy sure we'll try to keep it relatively anonymous because maybe I'll just call him P but uh that's the answer <laughs> that's the answer <laughs> he was the messiest um Jeff and I had a roommate uh there's only so much we can probably say about it but he was a terrible roommate and uh <laughs> he was the most messy <laughs> well, well, um, okay, P. Um, Jeff, do you concur, or actually, is Kaitel the messy one here that we that we don't know about? Is it see the secret messy man? No, 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 no. From what I remember, Kai was actually pretty clean. Definitely, I I know I'm a messy one too. So I'd even like throw myself with there with P. But like with P, it was different. Like if I was messy, I would at least be aware and be like, yeah, I know I need to like pick my shit up. But like with P, be like there's just clutter and shit thrown everywhere. And it's like, what are you doing? And he's just like, isn't life great? And I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> so, his, so his messiness was more just like, not malice, but like, dude, come on. Like, you know, so yeah, I agree with Kyle. The pinnacle was um, when I came back to our room and there was a peeled banana skin just on the, f the carpet, just on the floor. And oh, I, I like confronted him about it. It was obvious. I, don't, I think he even admitted to the fact that it was his. And he, ref he refused to throw it in the trash. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Now I, I, take, I take back my stance a little. I know I'm messy, but it was for sure. Pete, I don't, I don't want to touch. Okay. Okay. So we know who the, the messiest roommate was. But, Jeff, who snored the loudest? Ooh, that's... Um, uh, Pete snored, didn't Kai? I'm trying to remember. Yes, yeah. He did. Yeah. I he definitely that was that would be my answer so I'll, I'll, I'll jump ahead of yeah myself. I'm someone that like I've like asked people do I snore and most people have said I don't not to like be like self-serving and be like look how great of a sleeper I am <laughs> um but yeah I remember yeah no 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 yeah he's actually a really bad snore now that I'm remembering yeah. most like very like chortling <laughs> yeah he's like mocking us with his snoring um but uh... I can see that yeah I can see that very easily Otherwise, uh, we did have another room that attached to our room, and uh, through there, I, I'm not going to say I heard snoring through the you know one wall and then a room and another wall, but I think one of the people who lived in there, we'll call him uh, E, was his first initial. Great guy. I feel like he might have been a snorer, Jeff. You saying that right now, because I was thinking of our confinement, but yeah, if we're doing the like six, which technically was our thing, mm. yeah, oh. E, I love to death, absolutely. But yeah, oh, major snore, okay. major snore. Yeah. Because yeah, cause I had lived with him uh, the next year as well. And it's, yeah, no, it's definitely, it's... It's a thing. Yeah, no, no, no fault on him. It's just, you know, part of whatever. But yeah, I, I love him to death. But yeah, you're, you're right. That was, <laughs> if we include the six, him and then P, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no slight on him. But I guess just not all septums are created equal. <laughs> 
Great. Well, let's hope that P is not the answer. Well, actually, I don't think he can for this next one. But Kai, funniest habit. What maybe? What was Jeff's funniest habit? Yeah. So I I have something here. I don't I don't know if you could call it a habit as such because Jeff was you know just a funny guy, so he did a lot of funny stuff. But I think one of the things that is an image uh, that sticks in my mind is Jeff's uh, tearaway tracksuit pants. Uh, that I think may or may not have been like semi-American flag uh, decorated. It's just this dramatic kind of bit that Jeff would do where he would, because they had buttons down the sides. I think we've all seen them. A lot of the NBA kind of, it was more of an old school thing, the warm-up uh, track suits. They could kind of just tear them off. Um, probably more common these days with male strippers, but uh, but Jeff would, uh, <laughs> Jeff would just very dramatically just boom, just like whip them off. Obviously, he was clothed underneath, but it was still, <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, those, those pants have a lot of special memories that I still have them. That's, yeah. Especially, too, because freshman year, I was like, what's the one gimmick that's going to get everyone to think I'm the cool guy? And then, like, yeah, a bunch of people did love it. And then a lot of people were also like, hey, put your pants back on. Like, stop. <laughs> what about you, Jeff? What was, what do you think Kaitel's funniest habit was? Hmm, funniest habits. Um, I don't know if there's anything that like stuck out, but just the sense of just like being around someone from just another country was just, just interesting and fascinating as well as like, we really didn't do like that much stuff differently. Um, I remember even one time kind of at the beginning, um, I went with his family and we watched a, uh, I think it was Arsenal City. Um, uh, we watched that like, I think apartment that his family was staying at kind of the beginning and Kai had his brothers out there as well too. And just um, like being with his family and being just around this whole literal subset of culture and different, it was just, it was just unique. It was just like, seeing how different people live so yeah i don't know if kai really had any like habits that really stuck out i always thought you know that like me and kai were pretty just like easygoing and average um yeah i almost like don't have an answer i know that's kind of like a cheap way out of that you're you're letting him off jeff you're letting him off but who um who was well, the joe joe what's my joe what's my most annoying habit or weirdest habit <laughs> you know me well <laughs> yeah you can you can take the mantle on this joe I am. Um, I I can um, I can decline to answer because I wasn't a roommate. That's my uh, my get out clause. But maybe one day we'll do we'll do sort of schoolmates. But um, if Fair I go, on to, yeah, that's my that's my diplomatic way out of this. But um, <laughs> <laughs> biggest joker, Jeff. Who was the biggest joker? I mean, I hate to be a little biased, but uh, <laughs> um, uh, I thought. Um, in a, in a weird way, again, to kind of cop out, I think the six of us all together were just like the way we all bounced off each other. Um, like Kai's dryness was always fantastic. Like, um, especially like in what we were dealing with, like there's so many times like me and P would be yelling, like, yeah, like yelling mid argument. And then like, I'd see Kai like come in with his headphones, like acknowledge that something was happening. And then just like, go back to his like not wanting to deal with it just like i'm gonna keep doing my thing so like so his dryness was always fantastic um yeah and then in our other because we had a shared bathroom uh with another room so uh our other friend e was also um he was one of those guys that was like 
very, very quiet, very introverted. But like, once you get to know him, one of like the funniest people, like so I always tell, you know, people, he's like one of the funniest dudes I know. So um, he was hilarious. And then we had in that other room, uh, I guess what Joshi um, was, he was funny, but in, I'd say he was the biggest joker, but unintentionally, if that makes it like, I got the most laughs out of him, not out of like, oh my God, what a, like, I'm laughing at his lifestyle, but just like the things he'd say were just so random and just so like, and to me, I love just like random, just like out of nowhere comedy. So to me, he was the funniest, absolutely. So, but I think we all had our own kind of different edges and brought it together beautifully. <laughs> Kai, do you concur with Jeff's um, answer there? Basically, I mean, if I had to pick one person, I'd say Jeff. Uh, otherwise, um, as he said, <laughs> um, but he, he said uh, E, and that's true. Very kind of like quiet guy, but low-key, really, really funny. Almost surprisingly funny at first, because you're not expecting him to like, yeah, come out with some exactly. stuff. He's, he's, he can, he's, can look kind of serious and quiet sometimes, but yeah, he's, he's a funny dude. Uh, likewise, uh, the third guy in that room, we can say Joshi's name because I'm, I'm still somewhat friendly with Joshi, so that's all good. He's a great guy, and he's, he's hilarious. He's, <laughs> everything about he's just a walking talking just like hilarious great human being um and uh otherwise the other guy uh, another jay in the in that room was uh also just quiet he was quiet he'd wait for his moment and uh he could be pretty funny too but he also liked to stir a lot of shit up which which was kind of like also surprising considering how like quiet he was so um that was kind of something that i appreciated on some levels but also i was like you bitch <laughs> but, but like what whatever that yeah perfectly yeah. said perfectly said. um yeah no the between the six of us intentional or not i think if cameras had been in there that would have been like the number one show in in the world yeah it would have been. it was a shit show it was hilarious yeah definitely in retrospect it's much easier to laugh absolutely right well i do have a couple more questions for you and the first one i'll get kai to answer first who had the most guests back to your dorm room? And I'll let you interpret that in whatever way you, um, you feel necessary. Um, uh, Jeff. Jeff had the most guests over, but Jeff was the popular guy. <laughs> what about you, Jeff? Do you remember any of Kaitel's acquaintances turning up in the dorm room ever? Um, yeah, Kai, Kai brought some friends back and everything. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say I was like, I would literally tell like all my, like, like you said, theater friends, I was like, oh no, just come to my room. And they're like, you mean the same small dorm that we had? Like nothing's different. So I remember too, we would even set up, uh, we had like a hallway bathroom connector with our two rooms. And we took one of the closet doors down and laid it over two chairs and just had a beer pong table in our bathroom, like in the <laughs> middle. So we would just be playing like as, as someone would be like, hey, can I like, take a leak and we're like yeah let's just finish the game first and then you can so yeah i definitely had a lot of people over nice well, okay i've got one more question and this can literally it can just be a one word answer but who um yeah jeff first who was the biggest party person in your room who was who was out the most uh, me 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 me, me. <laughs> so kai we are you, are you in agreement here yeah this is not a 
damnation or like a condemnation or anything like that. But I think after Jeff joined whatever fraternity he, he joined in college, I would say he was drunk for 50% of the rest of that year. <laughs> oh, 50 is putting it nicely. Yeah, the, especially like my, that month of like joining and kind of, hey, not hazing, but uh, joining. Um, thank you for not damning me, Kai. I appreciate it. <laughs> nice well now we know we know all about jeff and kai and p and e and all the other ones right guys let's talk football now jeff you're an arsenal fan from southern california and well i know actually you also happen to be very proud of your croatian heritage too so as luck would have it we thought we'd discuss all of these things in a football context, of course. Jeff, I know that Kai lives in LA these days and, and is an Arsenal fan, so there's proved challenges for him supporting the club. But of course, you grew up in Southern California and became an Arsenal fan in your teenage years. Perhaps you could take us back to your teenage years now and kind of explain to us how you made this unfortunate decision to support the Gooners. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. What a lovely, lovely lead-in. No passive-aggressive at all. Uh, um, no, yeah, it's, uh, I think I had mentioned earlier, uh, my friend, his older brother, was a very big Liverpool fan. So that was kind of my first introduction into, um, like, full-on Premier League action and sort of not just seeing highlights on ESPN or like, you know, like, have you heard about Freddie Adu or something, you know, like something like that, where that was like the extent of it as an American or like, uh, I think the galaxy were like kind of Beckham had came over and it was like kind of starting to rise a little bit. But um, so yeah, at first, and I may be saying some contentious things, but, uh, but at first I was like kind of a Liverpool fan pretty much just cause that was like what I knew. And um Fernando Torres was that like he like made me fall in love with football like prime Torres was just like where has this been all my life I mean the way he could just score just the angles the confidence so that that to me like I fell in love with it first um again probably even more contentious I liked Chelsea a lot at first uh yeah I I didn't know a lot at first. Okay, it was it was a lot to learn. I needed a lot to learn. Um, but uh, but players like a Drogba, like I'll still always respect Drogba as much as I hate how much he showed up against us. Like that's a big game player, and anyone would want him in your side in a final or semifinal. Like when you when you think big game players, you think him. So it was kind of more me just being like, oh, I love this league and all these players and kind of blah blah blah, and then. Arsenal was kind of on my radar a little bit. And then uh, we would keep watching the like highlights, the extended highlights after the Liverpool games and stuff. And I'd always see the ones for Arsenal and like when they celebrate and, you know, and they say the Gunners and something, there was just something about it that was just like, I want to investigate a little bit more. So I started definitely leaning more towards Arsenal. And then, you know, I read about the history, the Invincibles, you know, um, they had Sesk. I like fell in love with Sesk, especially with how young he was, especially over here. Like we have young people doing well in sports, but a lot of it is you have to go to college first. So like, 
you know, to hear about like 18, 19 year olds dominating a midfield or whatever, like that to me was like, holy crap, you know, like that's, that's yeah. something new to me almost. Yeah. And, and Fest was, you know, one of, for his age too, it was incredible. Um, and Van Persie too, even before he had his massive, um, you know, breakout seasons, he was still always, you could see the talent was there and his left boot was just like, um, that volley he has against, uh, I want to say like Charlton, that like mid-air yeah. I, That's the, I saw that and I was just like, like, let me play. I'll, I want to be a professional soccer player, please. Like anything, you know, like it, that's the stuff that makes you fall in love with, you know, like players and clubs. So it's, I just definitely started angling more and more to Arsenal as it went, um, you know, learning about the Invincibles, Henri, um, yeah, and then my brother at the same time was kind of um, Tottenham had picked up Luca, and uh, that Croatian core was kind of there. So he gravitated to them instantly. And um, so it's kind of nice that we, in a weird way, developed that split, you know, even though we're brothers, even though, you know, we kind of came from different places. And I think that just speaks to the quality of the league as well. Um, I mean, you know, even you guys now, as much as I hate to talk about Spurs and Tottenham stuff, it's like you guys are making good signings and you've had players, I, like I said, Luca, I can never disparage. Like, it's just that that'll never be. So I think that really speaks to the quality. And even um, when I first started uh, watching, uh, Wolves were still in the league. And I remember being like, oh, this is cool. This seems like a classic English, like, Wolverhampton Wolves I was like now I'm starting to get a little bit more and then they obviously were down for a while but like seeing them back up seeing them thriving seeing them doing so well and in Europe like it's just it's just so cool to see and the fact that yeah sides can get relegated sides can there's actual stakes at hand in every season so there's just I just fell in love with the sport that and yeah and just Arsenal ended up being what felt right. Um, I loved Arson, you know, just the way he kind of almost poeticized things and made it feel a little bit more than just the game, a little bit more about, you know, what's in the heart and passion and players and stuff. So, um, you know, I always love Arson and stuff, but um, yeah, that's basically like my pretty much my, I guess my guide to how I got there. Um, yeah, superhero, yeah, like superhero origin story. <laughs> exactly exactly how my my parents were yeah. taken from me on a soccer field by fernando torres but um <laughs> and then arsenal boy was born <laughs> and and then gunner soros picked me up in a basket and took me away to <laughs> raise me right well it's a shame you didn't go down your brother's path but i'm happy that you are <laughs> a, fan, a fan of the beautiful game even if you've decided to support an unfortunate side but um another question i've got for you and it's also a question i have for kai as well given where he lives these days is what are the positives and negatives about being a fan abroad as in you're still obviously you get to watch all the games but time zones mm -hmm. aren't great and I guess no one's going to games at the moment, but yeah. What are the positives and negatives for you, Jeff, firstly? Uh, like you said, the time zones are obviously uh, a major con. And not, sometimes we'll have like a noon kickoff here when it's your guys' nighttime kickoff that works out pretty well. But yeah, like the like 4 a.m., 6 a.m. sucks, definitely. But like, I'll still get up and watch it. Um, 
I guess just the general sense of not that like I feel alone, but like when I met Kai, it was just like, holy shit, like there's another one of you. Whereas like Kai probably grew up and was just like, yeah, like we're all like, what do you mean? Like, what's like, like why are you acting weird? So, um, <laughs> and I think I had mentioned before, like I watched, uh, it was like Arsenal City, um, our freshman year. I went and like watched with his family and like everyone was involved and like, that was still my first moment of being like, oh, I'm like watching with fellow fans, you know, like we're rooting for the same team. Like, and that was all the difference in the world. Like, I think, Kai, I don't even, I think we won one zero or it was a draw. I think it might've been a a tie. Koscielny scored, right? Yeah. 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 You had your Koscielny jersey. I remember, I think it was a one, one draw, but yeah. But even so, like, even though it wasn't a win, just like that, just camaraderie and being able to watch it in that atmosphere was so much more different than me like you know at 4 a.m stoned watching it in the dark by myself you know just like so yeah it is that's something that's when I can find that out here it's fantastic whereas versus you know I'm sure you know where you guys grew up you literally just go down you know down the street and you'll find 50 people ready to go um so yeah especially as things have grown as well we've definitely adapted and are uh, broadcasting it more and it's becoming uh more well known we have american players uh you know pulisic is going to be big for us um mckinney just signed for juventus so like we're going to start spreading a little bit more and America will always kind of be on the back foot. It's just like, you need to realize we're like almost a hundred years in development behind countries who also like, this is their religion for some of them. Like, it's like, we're never gonna, we can get close and we can do better, but it's just like, we're not Brazil or England, just accept it at that point. So it's um, um, pros, I guess, not like, feeling snooty like oh look what I found and you haven't but like I guess it feels cool just knowing that like I have something I find special and matters to me and that like I don't need to get 10 other people on board or my neighborhood on board I can just be an Arsenal fan here and and they support me as well they're a global brand you know so what about you Kai what 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 like difficulties have you feel like have changed since coming out here and stuff I think um, everything that you said, everything you, you guys have said about time zones, everything uh, that you've said about community uh, and like feeling like over here, there's not as much of a community as maybe I was familiar with back home, going to school with Arsenal fans, having Arsenal fans in my family. I say that, I mean my mom, but <laughs> otherwise, um, I think that it's a double-edged sword is what I was going to get at. And that every negative has a positive on the other side and vice versa being that when we win, I want to share it with people and I can't because, you know, I'm sitting here by myself, like Jeff was saying at four in the morning in my apartment, whatever, blah, 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 watching the game. And then the flip side is a good thing is that when we lose, I don't have to see any Tottenham fans <laughs> the next day, you know, rubbing it in my face. And that was reality back at school. Um, we'll start in- messaging you more at four in the morning when Arsenal lose then, Kai, yeah, just to bring that back. You're going to have to uh, yeah, keep, me on my, keep me on my toes, but like, uh, in reality, Joe knows the same thing, you know, if Spurs messed up and then he went into school the next day, I was probably going to say something, if not a bunch of other kids opposite Arsenal mess up, weren't as many Spurs fan at school, but they certainly made themselves heard, which <laughs> yeah, we had, we had to, cause there was literally like four of us maybe versus like 
30, 40 Arsenal fans. Maybe <laughs> yeah. 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 There's <laughs> dozens of us. We exist. Yeah, therein, therein lies the root of why Spurs fans are so loud and annoying, is that there aren't as many of them and they, <laughs> they, need, to, they need to feel like they have to compensate to get their voices heard. But um, I, won't, I won't rag on a demographic of uh, listeners who've actually been quite helpful and... Um, yeah, positive in, in the time that we've had this podcast. I, I, I Every time I say anything negative about Spurs, it's mostly just to rile up Joe, and that's about it. <laughs> so yeah, don't, don't, don't take what I say too seriously. But otherwise, Joe did mention at the beginning of this section about your Croatian heritage, uh, Jeff, and I certainly remember you wearing that famous checkerboard white and red kit on occasion back yeah. then. Um, so I'm typically a massive fan of the Croatian national team, especially this recent generation have been particularly outstanding, if not historically good in the context of his, uh, Croatian football. But we all know that Croatia knocked England out of the World Cup in the semifinals 2018 and uh, a game that you edged, but probably could have gone either way. Jeff, what were your emotions in the run to the 2018 World Cup final? And then how much of an anti-climax or disappointment was the actual final itself against France? It's one of those things where we've always kind of went into things where it's like, don't get your hopes up too high. Like, we've always had good players and there's always been a little bit of history, you know, especially with like the 98 World Cup. And um, there's, there's a sense of prestige. There's a sense of there are good players. There's a good core. But we've always kind of lacked that either spearheading sort of cohesion or mentality or sort of like whenever we've played internationally for the most part, it's been like, remember all those good players we have? Let's, let's get them all on the same field as opposed to like a team like Germany where it's just like being in the national team is like a whole different beast, you know, sort of. So it's, um, so yeah, there's always kind of been a, you know, like things could be great. Like on paper, things are looking good, but you know how things have been in the past as well, you know, so keep your head down, don't get too hopeful. But but with this, kind of like you said, this is definitely our golden generation. I could, uh, it's hard to argue, at least now. I mean, Mandzukic, Rakitic, Moji, Perisic, you could go down the list. It's, I, I feel like almost everyone in our starting 11 was a quality player. And that's, center halves and strikers have always been our kind of, uh, not weak point, but where we could be stronger. We've always been good very wide always good with full backs a lot of good wide forwards a lot of good midfielders but but that kind of putting it in the net or that assurance in the back is what we've kind of always lacked and you're not going to win the big stuff without that so um leading up to it i was like this is a fantastic squad my i guess hopes or dreams was i was like if we make it to the final eight that's like saying that like with these players that's fantastic uh, yeah, we got to the game with England. It was just like, oh, this is real. This is, you know, everything was starting to. And I totally agree with you. The game uh, with England, it's not so much that, like, we absolutely dominated. And it was just like, whoa, oh, oh, Croatia. It could have definitely gone the other way. Um, and England could have been in it. Um, but thankfully, you know, we pulled through. And it was... It, it, I, I honestly didn't believe it at first because it's just one of those things where you have to like say out loud like yeah Croatia's in the World Cup final and it's just like what are you saying you big dumb idiot you know like that doesn't make sense you know like <laughs> just like almost yeah it doesn't click so it was um yeah it was just it was super surreal like the first day or two and then it was just like 
that realization of like, no, like this is like, damn, we have such a good team. This is like, like we, I'm so proud of us. We earned it. And, and just the recognition to the amount of just, you know, sports pieces were starting to be made about like, what is this Croatia place? That's all. It's like, no, we've existed for a while, you know, like it's, it's, but I like that idea for a country so small, like we've achieved a lot. We've literally been runners up in third place. So it was, it, it was, it was really cool. And then when we, I knew we were facing France, I, I had the mentality of just like this France squad is, <laughs> I mean, just look at their front three, look at that, like, look at their bench, you know, their bench could be starting for any country. So it was, I had obviously would have loved for us to win. I didn't have the highest hopes. I'm glad we scored 4-2 and it was a pretty good scoreline on paper when you look back on it. You know, we didn't get crushed or dominated, but you could see at the end we were gassed out and France just had the legs to put out. So it was, I'm still happy with it at the end of the day. And it was just, uh, I think it'll be fantastic moving forward and, you know, the spotlight that we get moving forward. So it was great. It was great. Yeah, it's going to be interesting in the sense that the likes of Modric, Mandzukic, Perisic, Rakitic, they might be at the next Euro, they might be at the next World Cup. That's a big question mark in terms of age for a few of them. And just, you know, sometimes when you get to that age, the top players want to prolong their club career. So they stop playing international football, whatever it is. So it's uh, potentially the end of an era. But as we've said, they've always had good players, Croatia. So they'll they'll be more. It might just be a question of a change in tactic if you're not going to have ball retention with the likes of Modric and Rakitic, maybe more of a counter-attacking team, maybe a new coach, maybe new tactics, whatever it is. Croatian footballers are determined people and they've been overachieving for decades. So, yeah. yeah. Ball retention was what we, like that midfield was what we had and losing that it's, yeah, we're going to have to adapt. Um, I could see it's definitely, like you said, turning more to a counter attacking side as opposed to trying to control stuff more. But um, yeah, I think Euro will be able to get most of them on board, but I think the next World Cup we'll see a lot of them gone. And yeah, definitely, like you said, kind of the end of this generation, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, who wants to play a World Cup in Qatar anyway? Yeah, it's dude, cool. dude, honestly, I feel like that's going to factor in for a lot of players, honestly. Like, I'm good. I don't need to go to very hot place, like, you know. Not long ago, when comedian Nathan Caton joined us for some banter and some Brentford, we played a game where I provide you guys with the answers, but then you need to tell me the respective questions. So funniest questions win points. I'll serve up an example before you two tell me your questions. And like last time, you know, uh, Joe and I are just amateur funny men, both still plying our trade in the National League South of comedy, whereas Jeff is Premier League. So <laughs> Joe and I have aired our bits ahead of time. Jeff, of course, you can go last each round to give you a bit of extra time to prepare. So first answer is so that he can practice his diving. That's the answer. So if the answer is so that he can practice his diving, what's the question? My example would be, why does Neymar have a swimming pool in his backyard so that he can practice his diving? <laughs> Joe, yeah, what do you have for us? Quite similar, but uh, why is Moussella often seen at the Merseyside Leisure Centre? So he can practice his diving. All right. <laughs> I didn't know Salah was like the flavor of the month for divers. I feel like there's worse offenders. Yeah, but, I, just, uh, I just don't really like Salah. So I thought, I kind of thought, name, I, I was like, who's like an alternative to Neymar? So I just went with Salah. No, no. I mean, at least, yeah. Otherwise we both would have said Neymar. So 
<clears throat> so Jeff, if this is the answer so that he can practice his diving, what is the question? Uh, practice diving. Um, why is Greg Luganis at our local YMCA? Into it. Greg Olympian, who I think famously hit his head on a diving board once upon a time. Uh, so maybe yeah. he does need to practice, although I, maybe his Olympic medals would, would say that he doesn't. <laughs> uh, points to Joe for Mo Salah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <clears throat> Moving on to the second one. The answer is a right foot and a head of hair. So if the answer is a right foot and a head of hair, what is the question? And I said, what did Iron Robin trade with the devil in exchange for a quality football career? <laughs> uh, Joe, a right foot and a head of hair. What's the question if that's the answer? What was I willing to sacrifice to ensure Bale signed for Spurs? <laughs> you and, yeah, probably lots of Spurs fans too. Um, Jeff, a right foot and a head of hair. That's just the answer. Right foot or a head of hair. Um... What did you eat for dinner? A right foot and a head of hair. Well, I mean, if the question's being directed towards uh, Luis Suarez, then maybe. Um, exactly. Yeah. There's a little football tie-in right there. There's a little, a little sneaky. Yeah. Um, I think um, um, considering sorry. how morbid this episode has been at times, to me talking about slicing up uh, chicken teddies and, and what. Oh, yeah. And I was talking about <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you said the press. <laughs> yeah, but I think, yeah, on that note, Maybe this ties in with Suarez biting, etc. So points to Jeff. I'll move on to this next one. To quote Didier Drogba at the end of that Barcelona Champions League game. So if the answer is it's a disgrace, it's a fucking disgrace, what is the question? And I said, what do Wolves fans think of their new away kit for this season? <laughs> yeah, it is pretty shocking, to be fair. Uh, so Joe, it's a disgrace, it's a fucking disgrace. What is the question, if that's the answer? What was uh, Lionel Messi's reaction when Luis Suarez told him he was leaving Barcelona? Yeah, it actually sounds like something Messi might say. He's quite, quite an emotional guy, seemingly, especially in the, in the heat of all this um, Barcelona exit that never happened stuff. So, fair enough. <laughs> Jeff, it's a disgrace. It's a fucking disgrace. Uh, what's the question? Uh, Mom, what do you mean I can't eat cereal for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> I love the aggression that mom is responding with. Um, <laughs> so I think for this round, I'll give that to, to Jeff. Uh, that oh, oh. oh my God. Thank you. Moving on to this fourth one. This is the answer. The answer is a Roberto Carlos free kick to the face. So if that's <laughs> the answer, what's the question? And I said, ideally, how would I like to die? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> depends, um, depends where it hits you really as long as it's a quick you don't want that in the um well, i've said i said to the face so it's going to decapitate me oh yeah god oh god yeah i didn't <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be a nice one for his highlight reel <laughs> uh joe if the answer is a roberto carlos free kick to the face what is the question what will it take for jose Mourinho to drop eric dyer from the spurs team <laughs> <laughs> I like that. that you can... I, was, I was proud of that one, to be fair. <laughs> um, that was a good yeah. one. That was a really good one. Uh, if the answer is a Roberto Carlos free kick to the face, what's the question? Hey, man, what'd you get your girlfriend for your anniversary? 
<laughs> that's so funny because um what's that there's that uh, app or website where you can kind of pay a cameo cameo oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. i'm just like yeah i'm just like imagining like through cameos <laughs> like roberto carlos is like <laughs> offering to to kick a ball at people's girlfriend's faces <laughs> like 30 dollars that you you could be onto something that's i like that right i like that a lot get yeah like seriously why isn't like mike tyson charging people to have him punch them in the face well like get headbutted by zinedine zidane or something seriously like that. If, he, <laughs> yeah, if he ever gets sacked by real madrid he's got he's got a career <laughs> career in that um imagine if marco materazzi was the the one to like he's just like dude honestly i've just never gotten a high like that since that point can you just do it again <laughs> you just really <laughs> it's like some weird homoerotic like <laughs> yeah like it has to go in secret like look man i didn't want to say it but that was that nothing better in my life i, I need it i need more uh, please hopefully marco and zinedine are not listening to this um so, <sighs> that was a tough one i i'll give it I'll get, I, I felt myself not even being able to contain my laughter through Jeff's answer. Like I laughed before he finished, but I think in terms of a neat little package with the whole uh, relevancy of football Mourinho, I'll give that one to Joe. Hey, hey. Moving on to this fifth one. His uh, answer is football in space. So football in space is the answer. What's the question? I said, uh, what are FIFA and Elon Musk looking into for the 2030 World Cup? <laughs> um presumably that would mean what the host nation qualifies so they would have to be an alien 11 fielded at this <laughs> <World Cup. laughs> i like that i like that otherwise joe football in space what's the question what did neil armstrong and buzz aldrin allegedly want to play when they landed on the moon all right <laughs> all right that's uh like historical informative and funny uh, <laughs> the full yeah. package yeah yeah, yeah, no. That always reminds me that Buzz Aldrin is yeah, famously the second man to walk on the moon. So, uh, Jeff, football in space. What's the question? Football in space. Um, all right, guys. What's the worst movie we can make while still making a billion dollars? <laughs> Pretty much. I think if they got um, James Cameron yeah. or maybe if they got um, the, the Transformers guy. Um, Michael Bay. Michael, Michael Bay. Bay. Yeah, or maybe even a crossover. Football in space. Or maybe it'll a just sequel be, uh, to Shaolin Soccer. Shaolin Soccer in space. I was I was gonna say the the fourth installment in the Goal franchise. Oh yeah, I was, yeah. I was weirdly thinking that as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they've done Newcastle, they've done Real Madrid. I think the third one might even have been involving the World Cup, possibly oh. possibly Mexico. Or they might have made that up. And so this fourth one, Goal in space. We'll see. Um, <laughs> I think such a, that's to, such uh, a beautiful transition too. It's like Newcastle, Real Madrid, space. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on this ladder where the bottom rung is Newcastle and the top rung is space. Um, <laughs> just the expanding universe. <laughs> Never end. I think uh I always want to give myself points, but there's no point. So I'll I'll, I'll share the points in that round. So oh, you know, half a point apiece to Joe and to Jeff. So question six or answer six is just sell them to PSG. And if the answer is just sell them to PSG, my question is, how do you solve a problem like Di Maria? Um, which is that <laughs> one's a lot of proof in that. That's a lot of proof. That's uh, that one's for all you Sound of Music uh, fans out there. Um, <laughs> otherwise, uh, I, I know you're listening. Um, uh, Joe, uh, just sell them to PSG. If that's the answer, what's the question? 
what was AC Milan's reaction when they found out Zlatan had COVID? <laughs> That's <very laughs> that is very very current affairs. Um, so I like it, uh, Jeff. Just sell them to PSG if that's the answer uh, to the question. Uh, what do you mean you hate your employees? Just <laughs> sell them to PSG. Uh, Joe, Joe gets the points. I'll give Joe the. Hey. Uh, so got a, Joe had a, a massive head start, but he does have the point for that one. So <clears throat> lastly, uh, Jeff, you spoke about Arsene Wenger and how articulate he was, and that was something that sort of won you over uh, back, back in the day. But I think he had a, an all or nothing kind of way about him. And either he was articulate or he would say, I did not see it. So if the answer is, <laughs> I did not see it, what is the question? To which I said, what would Arsene Wenger say if asked about the new all or nothing Tottenham Hotspur documentary? Because <laughs> uh, Arsene, yeah, yeah, Arsene ain't got time for that. But uh, Joe, I did not see it. If that's the answer, what is the question? What is your opinion on scary clowns in films? <laughs> uh, is, that, is, that, are you, is that like a joke about you hiding because you're too afraid? No, I did not see it. Oh, it? Yeah. Uh, I like that. I okay. That, line. that was good. That, that was, was good. over my head, which I think is more of an inclination of me being an idiot than that joke being bad. So, um, <laughs> in fairness, I did a bit of, um, I think in the NFL, that's an audible there where I, at the last moment, chain, I had quite a boring answer. So I was like, I'm just going to go for a non football one here. <laughs> yeah, no, that uh, the wordplay was good. I'm all about puns. So I <laughs> quite like that. Um, Jeff, I did not see it. If that is the answer, what is the question? I did not see it. Uh, I keep I keep leaning to murder, but I feel like all I do is talk about murder, and then people are gonna be like, "Is this guy actually I mean, murder?" Uh, murder? Murder podcasts are pretty in, so that's true, actually. Um, oh, Game of Thrones. I did <laughs> not see it. That's funny. That's fun. It's funny to me in particular because there's like almost it's it's you won't know this necessarily, Jeff, but there's like a story. Like I have strong opinions on Game of Thrones, and my only like experience of it involves someone that you know and it's a story that i'm not going to tell right now on this podcast but maybe i'll tell you later <laughs> <laughs> for sure yeah tell tell me later after, after um, off the record off the record so i didn't okay again that hits close to home like i was saying just now um the the game of thrones because I, I i haven't seen much of it i gave up on it after a couple episodes and i'm not i'm not really regretting that decision but <laughs> i think uh nobody wants to see a diplomatic tie. So I'll, I'm going to lay down. Yeah, be bold, Kai. Get, put us out of misery. I will, I will. <laughs> I will. Well, I'm going to put Joe out of his misery, and maybe I'm going to put Jeff into some misery. But the winner, I'd say, is is Joe. He bounced back from the uh, from the Nathan Caton defeat uh, last time. Yeah, he's, he's done no, that, proud. He's, I, I think... Uh, that, that, it, that it answer deserves the win. That's a good seal for the win i can respect that absolutely oh, well thank played you very much no you know it means a lot coming from you jeff uh, stop 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 <laughs> right that just about brings us to the end of today's episode uh thank you to my co-host joe and a special thank you to jeff for joining us it's certainly been a lot of fun and always great to catch up jeff yeah how did you like it man uh, dude, I had a blast. Uh, I mean, you and I talk soccer outside of this. So to be able to, you know, talk with Joe as well, you know, just expand things. And, um, 
as well as you know there's a difference between like texting something out and like having a face-to-face conversation so you know i could talk you know soccer football every day so this was i appreciate you for uh having me you guys are doing a great job i love what you're doing so yeah it was i had a blast and everything yeah it's been a it's been an absolute pleasure jeff we won't wait as long until until we do it again next time we won't wait seven years this time how can our listeners follow you and uh are you working on anything new right now uh yeah i just um i did a new sketch this morning i do them like in my own room i try and do them every other day you know i call myself a one-man snl um with the industry being shut down you know for the most part you basically have to make your own stuff and have people come to you so I've been trying my best. Uh, I make sketches and skits for those of you that don't know, which is most people because most people don't know me. Um, I'm at this soup rocks on Instagram, on YouTube and on Twitter. It's exactly how it sounds, how it's spelled at this soup rocks. Um, I've got close to a hundred sketches. I'm going to keep going. It's what I love to do, you know, writing, comedy all that you know that we've touched upon in here english comedy being a massive influence so uh yeah i'd love for you guys to come check them out thank you so much for having me follow us on twitter where we are at blazers fg pod uh big things to come with the instagram account that will be relaunching sooner rather than later so stay tuned for that otherwise i messed this up last time we recorded but i quite like saying it now so i'm just going to stick with the mistake and it's uh if you still do the whole Zuckerberg thing, find us on Facebook at Blazers for goalposts. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I don't, I don't ever want to say that correctly again. Um, until next time, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Goodbye.